Good morning. I love to sing with you guys. I really do. I love to worship with you. Anytime I'm not here and have to be somewhere else and worship with some other people, I mean, that's always good, but nothing like worshiping with your own church family is a great thing. Let's pray together as we get ready to look into God's Word this morning. Father, we've just sang, uh, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. We've sang that uh, in your presence there is satisfaction, there is joy, and Lord, that is true. You have told us that you are the fountain of living waters, and you've told us that we are thirsty, and you've invited us to come and drink. And Lord, we can be so foolish so many other places where we can try to go and find that satisfaction for our souls and it never works and it's never good and worst of all it's very dishonoring to you so lord we would come this morning and declare that we are thirsty and we would affirm that you alone can satisfy our deepest thirst and so we would come to you now and say speak to us the words of life that will satisfy us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear Him. As we continue in this series on delighting ourselves in the Lord, this morning I want to talk about the connection between joy and mission. And missions. So what's the difference between mission and missions? Well, our mission is making disciples. That's what Jesus told us to do, to make disciples. That's our mission. That's our purpose. That's that's the mission he gave his followers, that we are to help other people become believers in Jesus who trust him, who love him, who follow Him. That's what a disciple is. Here at Philida, we describe our mission of making disciples in these words. You can find them on the back of your folder. At Philida Baptist, our purpose is to connect people to the God who made them, to friends who help them, to a world that needs them. That is our mission. That's what we're to be doing, disciple-making. Making disciples. Now, missions 
with an S, that is talking about a particular kind of disciple-making. It means making disciples among people who, in some way, are different from us. They either live in a different place, or they speak a different language, or they have a different culture, or maybe all three. And this is what the psalm writer is talking about here in Psalm 67, when he prays that God's ways will be known on the earth, and that His salvation will be known among all nations. So when Jesus gave us our mission of making disciples, He made it a worldwide mission, what we call missions. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. And by the word, the way, the word uh, nations does not mean the political boundaries that we might think of when you look at a map, but people groups, ethnic groups, united by language and culture. There might be many within the actual borders of a country. Make disciples of all nations. So our mission of making disciples includes missions, making disciples of all nations. And the thing we need to see, the thing I really want us to see today is that this is a joyful thing. Missions is a joyful thing. We see that here in this psalm. It's, it's, it's a joyful thing because this is about helping people know God and His ways. This is about helping people experience His salvation. Missions is about us being channels of God's grace and God's blessing to a world that desperately needs to know Him. Look at it again. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us that Your ways may be known on earth, Your salvation among all nations, channeling His grace, His blessing. May all the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. That's really what missions is about. Taking the blessing, the grace of God, that they may, the nations may be glad and sing for joy. This is not a burden. This is not a hassle. This is God being gracious to us and blessing us so that the nations will be glad and sing for joy. So missions is and ought to be a joy-producing, a life-giving privilege, even when it's costly, even when it's difficult. It's joyful, ultimately. And we really need to know this. We've just, we've got to know this. If we don't, here's what will happen, okay? We will end up neglecting our mission we will end up neglecting missions and we will spend our lives and we will spend our money on trivial little things that will not satisfy us that will not bring joy to us or anybody else that lasts because we foolishly think that real life is living for ourselves instead of making disciples of all nations. So here, here's what I'm praying will happen today. Here's what I am hoping will happen among all of us. Here's what I hope we'll all understand. 
is that personally engaging in missions, personally, each one of us, you and me, personally engaging in missions is vital for deep and lasting joy. If we really want to be happy, and I assume you do, I know I do, okay, anytime I say who wants to be happy, pretty much everybody raises their hand, and I'm never quite sure about the people who don't. If we really want to be happy, then we personally need to take seriously the mission that Jesus has given us. And we personally have to involve ourselves in some way. And there's lots of ways. We'll talk about some of them. But personally involve ourselves in this global cause of missions. To neglect missions, either by just saying, no, I don't want to be involved, or what's probably more common, to just kind of ignore it and not care about it. To neglect missions is to neglect our own happiness. It's to, uh, it's to fight against our own joy. Okay, so that's a, that's a pretty big claim. Let me back it up with Scripture. I want to give you two biblical reasons today why personally engaging in missions is vital for deep and lasting joy. Here's the first one. Engaging in missions personally is vital for deep and lasting joy because delighting in the Lord includes obeying Him. Our series is Delight Yourself in the Lord. Scripture commands that. Delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, delighting ourselves in the Lord involves obeying Him as Lord. Those things go together, essentially. You know, a Christian, by definition, is somebody who willingly willingly acknowledges Jesus as Lord. Jesus is always Lord. But a Christian is one who willingly, joyfully acknowledges his lordship and embraces it. Now, the Bible tells us that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's going to happen. Everybody will acknowledge Jesus' lordship. But that will not make everybody a Christian. Because there will be a number of people who will do that unwillingly, grudgingly, out of duty, because they have to. Christians embrace the lordship of Jesus willingly, joyfully. Jesus himself said, John 14, 21, he said, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he also said this, he said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Look at this. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is great. Because, see, we have this tendency to have this mental disconnect between Joy and commandments. That, those don't seem to fit. Experiencing joy, obeying commandments. 
They, to us, they don't seem to go together. They don't seem to fit. But when we think like that, we're wrong. We're wrong. They do go together. Jesus connects obeying His commands to experiencing His love. Jesus connects obeying His commands to being filled with His joy to the full. And this makes sense if we'll just think about it. Jesus is the greatest, wisest person in the universe. It makes no sense to think that we can be happy while disregarding what the greatest, wisest person in the universe says. That just doesn't fit. I mean, imagine this. Imagine we, we need to go somewhere. Okay, you, you need to get to some place. And you really need to get there. But you have absolutely no idea of how to get there. And then along comes someone who knows. Who knows exactly how to get there. And gives you very clear, very specific directions on how to get there. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to say, well, thank you, Mr. Knowledgeable, Helpful Person. But I, I'm going to disregard what you've just told me. And instead, I think I'm just going to rely on my best guesses. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't make any sense at all. That would be stupid. And that wouldn't be nearly as stupid as disregarding Jesus' directions. Okay, so let's take a look at his directions in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All right, now this is after Jesus has died on the cross for our sin and risen from the dead. He's about to return to heaven. These are his final instructions. And he says, it says here in Matthew 28, 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Wow. Why does he say that? Well, because he's saying, pay attention. I have all authority in heaven and earth, and here's what I'm going to tell you to do. This is big. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, this is often called the Great Commission, and that's a good label for it, because it is definitely not the Great Suggestion. Okay? This is a command. Now, what does it mean? Well, the main imperative is not the word go, it is the word we translate, make disciples. Make disciples. Going is actually part of how we do that. Going, baptizing, teaching. But it's making disciples of all nations that is the main thing. And that is what we are to be about. See, life is not mainly about making a living. Life is not mainly about having fun. Life is not mainly about achieving career goals, advancing up the corporate ladder. Life is not mainly about acquiring possessions. Life is not even mainly about having a family. What is life mainly about? 
Well, regardless of where we live, regardless of what our vocation is, what we do for a living, our lives are ultimately to advance this cause, this purpose. And that is helping people in our neighborhoods, in our families. That's what raising a family is about, raising disciples, making disciples. But helping people in our families, our neighborhoods, and in every nation on earth, helping them become believers in Jesus, who know him, who love him, who follow him. That's the main thing we're to be doing. And so everything else somehow connects to that in some way. You know, why do we need to make a living? Well, we've got to eat. We've got to have shelter why do, so we can live. Why are we living? We're living to make disciples. And we make a living so we can support the making of disciples for the glory of the Lord. Now, when it comes to that all nations part, you know, make disciples of all nations, we really have, as you read through the rest of the New Testament, as you read through the early church actually doing this, there are three options here to going to all nations. You personally go or you personally actively send, or you personally disobey. Okay, those are the three options. We can go, we can send, or we can disobey. Which means that if we are not actively engaged in going or sending, we are disobeying. So we must all personally engage in missions to be obedient and only by being obedient do we experience the joy of the lord so if you're a christian today if you're a christian today and you're bored or you're frustrated or you're depressed or you're joyless i would recommend that you consider your personal level of involvement in the making of disciples of all nations. How much are you praying for the nations? How much are you giving? How much are you serving? How much are you strategizing? How much are you considering what part God would have you play? Because we we just will not experience much joy apart from obeying our Lord's command to make disciples of all nations. Okay, delighting ourselves in the Lord includes obeying His command to make disciples. Okay, and then the second reason, biblically, that personally engaging in missions is vital for deep and lasting joy is that delighting in the Lord includes embracing His priorities. Embracing His priorities. I mean, personally embracing what's important to Jesus. Because we do that when people are important to us, right? I mean, if, if somebody matters to you, then what they consider important becomes important to you. That's just how it works when we love people. Well, missions is really important to Jesus. It really matters to him. He's totally, totally committed to it. Look at Revelation 5.9. 
is a picture of, of heavenly worship, of Christ being worshipped. It says, they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And look at this. With your blood, it's a reference to the cross, with your blood you purchased men for God. You purchased people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus is so committed to rescuing people from their sin and making them right with God. Jesus is so committed to making disciples that he gave his life to make it happen. And then in another place, he talks about himself as the good shepherd and how the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, that is, he's talking about people, people who will listen to his voice and respond and trust and follow him and have life. And he says, as he's talking about himself being the good shepherd and laying down his life for the sheep, he talks to his first followers who are all Jews, and he says this, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Who are the other sheep? Well, they are those people from every tribe and language and people and nation. And notice what Jesus says about this. He says, I must bring them. Now, as you think about your life, what are the things that you would say, I must do? I must. Now, I don't know what you'd think of on a given day. Today, I must do this. But I do know what Jesus would say. He says he must bring those other sheep into his flock. It really matters to him. Okay, how does he bring them? How does he bring them? Through his messengers taking his message to them. The gospel, the good news. That's the only way people become part of his flock. Is they hear the good news and they respond and they believe. So his messengers taking his message, who is that? Well, that's us. That's us. That's us when we're fulfilling the commission of making disciples of all nations. It is our privilege. It is our responsibility. So if we want the joy of, of being part of something that really matters, I mean, don't you want that? Don't you want to be part of something that really matters? You don't want to get to the end of your life and say, oh, that was a total waste of time. Do you? You don't. So if we want to be part of something that really matters and experience the joy of that, then we've got to embrace the priorities of Jesus. We're here to fulfill his agenda, not ours. You know, it's not for us to figure out, hey, what should we do? What agenda would we like? No, it's Jesus' agenda that counts. And his agenda is the only one that brings lasting joy. I, it, it is surprising to me about myself that I keep consistently thinking that I can find joy outside of Jesus' agenda. How stupid is that? That's just human beings. You know, we think we've got a better idea. 
I love what John Piper says about Psalm 67. That's the passage we started with. Listen to this. He said, God promises blessing to his people because he wants them to be a blessing to the nations. Which implies this. God is most likely to bless us when we are planning and longing and praying to bless the nations. This is my favorite part. If God wants his goods to get to the nations, then he will fill the truck that's driving to the nations. If God wants his goods to get to the nations, then he will fill the truck that's driving toward the nations. You want your truck filled by God? I do. How do we drive our truck toward the nations? All right. In other words, how do we personally engage? And as I said earlier, there are lots and lots of ways to engage personally in the global cause of missions. But all of those ways have one thing in common, and that is we have to be intentional about them. In other words, we have to plan, we have to figure out, we have to strategize, we have to intentionally pursue engagement in fulfilling the global cause of missions, or we probably won't do it. Because there are just too many things that will distract us, that will preoccupy us, if we don't plan to engage. And we really need to help each other with this. We really do. Because on any given day, I'm going to forget, or you're going to forget, or we're going to get all preoccupied with other stuff. And it doesn't mean we don't do anything except... It be, again, it's, it's, it's the central thing. It's, it's making it the main thing, and somehow everything else contributes to that. But we need to help each other. We need to challenge each other to stay engaged. Okay, so here, I'm going to give you three challenges this morning to help you engage personally. And here's the main one, the big one, the one I really want to stress. Plan to attend Mission Connection, this conference that will be here in Vancouver in two weeks. Friday night, January 18th, and Saturday, January 19th. This will inform you, this will encourage you, this will challenge you to engage personally. And there are plenty of these programs right out in both, both lobbies of both buildings. And I can just about guarantee that you will find ways to be involved in missions personally that you, you today don't know about. Things that will surprise you. Ways you can be involved. The lineup of speakers this year is amazing. I mean, Dr. Ravi Zacharias is going to be here Friday night. I don't know if you've ever heard Ravi, but uh, he, he is an amazing communicator. And the other speakers. And uh, there are three keynote sessions, one Friday night, two on Saturday, and then there's over 125 workshops uh, throughout the, the two days on how you personally can engage in the global cause of missions. Uh, I'm confident you can find workshops that would interest you personally. I was just kind of looking through here. I mean, these are all the workshops that they've got. And, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the tracks, the workshop tracks, are things like arts and mission businesses mission maybe you think oh, i can't do missions i'm a businessman no actually you can businesses missions is one of the biggest trends in missions right now education and missions jesus and justice 
talking about some of the great justice issues in the world, like child sex trafficking and how to be involved and making a difference there. Uh, missions in midlife, prayer and spiritual warfare, short-term missions, taking actually locally world religions. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. So, the great thing about this is it's right here. I mean, it's a Crossroads Church on 78th Street. I mean, it's just not far, and it's free. Okay, there's no fee. Now, they're going to take an offering, and I encourage you to give generously, but uh, you don't have to pay a fee to go. And they would like you to pre-register, though. So you can go uh, online, or uh, I would encourage everybody then to grab one of these or go online to missionconnection.com. And then here, here's a practical suggestion. Grab a friend and go. Make plans to attend with a friend. Because if you're going with a friend, you're more likely to follow through. Ask God to show you how you can engage more effectively for His glory and for your joy. Okay, that's the first challenge. Second challenge, pray. Pray. This is really so crucial to engaging in missions. Figure out how you can regularly pray for the nations and for the spread of the gospel and whether or not God wants you to go or how He wants you to be involved in going or sending. Pray. You know... I don't really understand why prayer works. I don't understand why God has chosen to fulfill His purposes in response to our prayers. I don't get that. I don't get how it works. I only know that it works. It really does make a difference. Jesus commanded us to pray. The Apostle Paul, who was one of those, you know, the early church sent to go He repeatedly, as you read through his letters, he's repeatedly asking people to pray for him, that he will speak as he ought to speak, and and that people will respond. The missionary partners that we support as a church, they all want us to be praying for them. And uh, they need that. Prayer is essential for missions. It's crucial for going and for sending. So, how to pray? Well, there's a lot of different things you can do. One is to grab the prayer sheet that's distributed in the second hour every week in our groups and classes, and it always has specific requests related to missions. In fact, this week, Gene and Linda Fisher, our missionary partners in Thailand, are in there. So you grab that sheet. Uh, You can subscribe. If you uh, get email, you can subscribe to... Uh, email, prayer lists. Um, I get one every week from Open Doors. It's an organization that's especially concerned with persecuted church, Christians around the world, places where it's really hard to share the gospel. I get a prayer list from them every week telling me, pray for this country and for these things that are going on there. That's very helpful. Here's my number one suggestion, though, on prayer for the nations. Okay, Get this book. Get this book, Operation World. This thing is amazing. This will make it so much easier for you to pray for the nations because it's really not a book to read. It's a book to use. This thing has information and specific prayer requests about every, not only country on earth, but all of the people groups within the countries. It is amazing. I'll just give you an example here. 
on page 177. Uh, it's for the nation of Burkina Faso. How many of you have prayed for God's work of missions in Burkina Faso? Okay. How many of you even knew Burkina Faso was a nation? How, do you know where it is? All right, well, you turn this and you find out, well, Burkina Faso is a nation in Western Africa. It's a landlocked country. It has a population of approximately 16 million people. Of those, 52% identify themselves as Muslim. 20% identify them as Christians themselves. But uh, of that, there's only 9% who would be actually what we would call Bible-believing, Christ-trusting Christians, evangelicals. And then look at this. Several pages of specific requests of things that are going on in Burkina Faso and things that you can specifically pray for. This makes it so much easier. You just open this baby up and you read through and you just start praying. And you're engaged in missions right then. You're doing it. You're praying. And God's working. That's what's really cool, is you read this, and you find out that God is working all around the world. You will not find it on the nightly news. You will not hear about it on your radio news station, but you will read about it in this book, about the great things God is doing to advance the global cause of Jesus Christ. Get this book. Okay? I can't make you, but if I could, I would. Get this book. And then third challenge give support missionaries support missions organizations uh, support this church budget because we support we are partners with six missionary families and five missions organizations and by the way all of them are listed on our philida.org website you can go there you can click on the global outreach tab we have international partners and local partners, and, and most of these missionaries have links that you can click for specific per requests. It's a tremendous resource. But give. You know, find somebody. Connect with somebody who's going to the nations and support them. Jesus said something fascinating. He said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart follows your treasure. So if you want to care more about missions, then invest significant amounts of money in missions, and you will care about it a whole lot more. You really will. And I know that for me personally, in our family, you know, planning our main giving to the church and its missionaries, and then our additional giving to other missionaries that we support and to a couple of kids that we sponsor in other countries. I know that for me, this is not something to brag about. This is something I need. I need to do this to help keep me focused on what really matters and to keep me from, to guard my heart from the counterfeit joys of this affluent culture. Beware of the temptation to lay up treasures for yourself on earth because they won't last and they will keep you from experiencing the genuine joy that Christ wants for us. You know, we're so tempted to think that a new toy or a new outfit or a new house is going to make us happy. It's such a shallow, short-lived happiness. It never lasts. Don't settle for it. Okay? Personally engaging in missions is vital. Vital for deep and lasting joy in the Lord. So let's engage. So you, you grab one of those.
programs and plan to be at Mission Connection, and I'll plan to see you there. All right, let's pray. Father, your, your, uh, your mission is so great and glorious and at times so very difficult, but it's wonderful. And Lord, you, you call us to engage, not because you need us to get your work done, but because you delight to involve us in your purposes and you love us. And Lord, we're forgetful people. I know I am. I get preoccupied with a million other things. Lord, help me somehow connect my living to this wonderful cause and to help all of us do that. Help us become passionate about reaching the nations with the gospel of Jesus and help us be faithful. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.